Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John the Wreck podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California, that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Warren. I'm Andrew. I'm Robert. And I'm Henrik. And this is episode number 117. Happy Tuesday, everybody. See, guys, there's the consistency we can get after 117 episodes where no one freaks out if Steve isn't in the upper left-hand corner. (laughs) Everyone figured it out on their own how that order was supposed to go in a pretty good amount of time. Yeah. I'm I'm impressed, you guys. That was was good. I tried uh, moving my cursor over your squares, but then I realized you can't see my cursor. Uh, I don't even know what that meant. I would like to go back and revisit our first podcast just to see what it sounded like. <laughs> we well, we just do a, com- so a commentary bad. episode. <laughs> a com- a commentary on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just more talking over each other and giving each other That's- shit. <laughs> that sounds Man, there's no best. good segues. <laughs> no segues, <laughs> no like all the things were a little more stiff where like we couldn't, you know. It was like I okay, didn't even know we were releasing thing. that episode. I didn't even know we were releasing it. it was like we oh, were drinking okay. a lot more than you know. <laughs> I thought we were just like drinking and I didn't even know it was getting released. <laughs> yeah, Henry, right? Is that why you said all your racist comments on that episode? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hating pineapple on pizza is racist. And oh, oh, oh man, you had to bring it up. Hawaiians who invented it. And Italian, right? Of course, that's who invented it. Yeah. <laughs> Once Steve marries a Hawaiian girl, that's gonna be real racist. <laughs> any? Do we have any Hawaiian Italians in our audience that are offended by that joke? I don't think so. <laughs> what? Very, very common uh, ethnic group. The yeah, uh, Italian Hawaiians. Italian Hawaiian person. <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually a good point. My wife is going to tell us. Mahalo. Mahalo. It's the most confused <laughs> accent you've ever seen in your whole life. <laughs> we're, we're, getting, we're getting even worse. So if someone is offended by that, uh, it's going to be, it's not going to end well Jesus. for them. Yeah, that's the only stereotypes offensive. I got some pineapple for your pizza right here. <laughs> It just makes sense. It had to Don't be forget a the pepperonis. To put pineapple on pizza. It's just an Italian guy who loves surfing or something, right? I mean, they're both really <laughs> tan, you know. It's it's really funny too because I just watched an episode of The Sopranos last night. Was it the Woke big Hawaii episode? Moment. No. <laughs> no, it's the one where he gets gone. food poisoning and he's like, having fever dreams and. If you've never listened and to they, our podcast before, we kill pick somebody a weird on the episode ethnicity cool. that we um, like to just talk about for at least fifteen minutes to start off the podcast. Yeah, just get the gears loosened up, you know. Yeah, yeah, get the juices flowing. Get to get the grease rolled on the. Well, speak. <laughs> get the uh, get get the flour put on the bottom of the saucepan, you know. <laughs> the, old, the old pineapple grease. And uh, speaking of putting in your putting, mustache. Speaking of getting the toothpaste in, in the mustache, welcome back, Bobby. We missed you last week because you had a little newborn. Yeah. So why don't we why don't we start with you, man? How's uh, how's adjusting to dad life going? It's 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 still adjusting. Um, I feel more human right now than I have for a while. Just talking to you guys and uh, being here, and uh, it's good though. Everything's great. It's a it's a great, beautiful thing that uh, 
you know, I, I still putting words together. I think, you know, uh, I've, I've never, the, there's two crazy things I think is that I was telling the guys earlier, uh, but like morning and evening aren't a thing. It's just light and dark. It's not, you know, let's wake up at <laughs> eight and have breakfast and coffee. It's like, well, we woke up at five. So should we have breakfast and coffee? Or it's like, you know, well, we woke up at midnight. So I guess it's time for dinner. It's just light and dark now. Um, which is actually sounds like nice. my twenties. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I'm never going to, Oh, three things. I'm never going to complain about being tired ever again. Um, and I don't know how your body does it, but I think when you have a newborn, you just are able to do things, um, off of like an hour and a half of sleep a day for, you know, I think you're, you're, you're the things in your body just turn on and you're like, cool, we got this, you know, I don't need sleep right now. <laughs> but then you say weird things like, um, I was holding a knife and I'm like, Hey, Rach, do you need a fork? <laughs> and she's like, you're holding a knife. And I'm like, Oh shit. Or it was like, you know, kind of like, I see you've played time? knifey forky before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. then the last weirdest thing is like, is like staring a human being in the face, no matter how old they are. Well, they're shitting is something that is just kind of <laughs> crazy. Cause like you would never do that for like an adult human. Like you, you like, I've never looked in someone's eyes while they're shitting. And like, now I just look at this little guy and he's like, does a smirk. And I'm like, you're shitting right now. You're staring me in the eyes and you're shitting. <laughs> and then it, and then it, you know, and then I, another thing too is, is like, uh, my gag reflex is not very good. Like just like smelling shit. Sometimes I'm like, Ugh. or like, you know, someone throwing up. I'm like, I need to go to the other room. And now I'm like, I have shit on my fingers and I'm like, cool. Like, let's just keep going with the day. Like I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> You know, it's just uh, look it off, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's keep me. going. Oh, yeah. mine anyway. Uh, yeah. spinach. Yeah. So it's it's been great. It's been it's been magical. It's been awesome. Um, and uh, the grandparents are here right now, holding him, and so I get to be here with the guys and say hello to everybody. And uh, you know, maybe tonight I'll get another four hours of sleep, which will just that's eight in like forty eight hours, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, just moving on and. Uh, yeah, it's just a, a new thing and it's new for everyone. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of people that are listening right now that have kids and they've gone through it. And uh, I talked to my brother a couple of days ago and he's like, um, I'm pretty sure that all parents forget the first six weeks of their child being like taking care of their child. Because if people remembered the first six weeks, no one would ever procreate ever again. <laughs> and uh, so then we'll, we'll talk to our friends. They'll be like, oh, I don't really remember. Like, oh, I don't know what happened the third week. I So you know, I, I might not remember the, any of this, um, but it's great. And we're doing good. Baby's healthy. He's eating, shitting, growing, and uh, we're happy. So he'll be uh, he'll be side stage pretty soon, and he'll be, you know, maybe playing the kazoo before we know it. Yay. Do it. I mean, I he's smarter than that. He can, he, can, he can play like a ukulele, right? Maybe both at the same time, a kazoo and a ukulele. Yeah, he'll be like better than me at everything by five. A kazookalele? Also, like, I've never met anyone in my life that, that like, pees everywhere as much as he does. <laughs> you kind of pee everywhere. Once we're in our Robert? small bladder. <laughs> you know, it's just, like, I'm like, these guys no bladder, right? Anyways. Anyways, that, that's how my week has been going. Um, Henry, how was your week? <laughs> uh, it was pretty mellow. Um, been pretty slow around here um i've just kind of been jamming with friends and trying to write stuff and keep my chops up 
uh, for, you know, the cruise coming up later this month and, um, just kind of getting amped on things and, um, got some gigs coming up with, uh, my project King tree and the earth mothers, uh, later this month too, which is exciting. Um, that's starting to come together and sound really good. And we're writing new stuff for that. And, um, yeah, you know, not too much going on. Um, just sort of trying to stay busy basically, but nothing in particular jumps out at me. Uh, it's been fairly uneventful. But I'm alive and I'm I'm thriving and uh, you know life's going well I think going great you know and uh, I don't know I mean you know pretty much <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it. Where, nice you, where, where are we now on the rotation? <laughs> who's who's <laughs> talked? <laughs> I zoned out. <laughs> Maybe we still haven't figured out those transitions yet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You guys want to listen to a song? Talking at any point, Henry. You don't have to keep talking. No one's pointing a gun to your head, going like, "Hey, man!" Like you didn't say enough about your weekend. There's there's only three hours more to go and talk about it. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of things we like to do on weekends, here's a. Warren, how was your weekend? Warren, yeah, how Warren, was your weekend? Yeah, Warren, Warren's the next person. Um, I, I got weekend. confused because usually I go last. So yeah, I know. It's like my day. It's a proper day for everyone. Robert, you messed it all up. You should have gone no, that Steve, way. That's me. So Steve messed it all. Oh, it's okay. the baby's fault. Blame it on the yeah. Game. We'll fix no, the post. Can do no Warren, how was your weekend? No. <laughs> my weekend was great. It was. Uh, I got to babysit my nephews for a little bit. It was my sister's birthday. Um, I saw Char mentioned something about stuffed jalapenos, and I had these bacon-wrapped stuffed jalapenos that you dip in, you dip in this jelly-like sauce, or like it's the best thing ever. It's sweet and savory, and it uh, it's at a place called Asada, and I could literally just go there and eat their bacon-wrapped jalapenos because they are mm. insane. So I guess that kind of tells you something. If the best part of my weekend was food, it probably means I was relaxing most of the time. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like since Robert has had his baby, there's, like, a lot of time that well, – there's always stuff that's going on in the band, but it kind of opens up weekends here and there. So I've been booking, like – dentist appointments and eye appointments and the doctor and I've been trying to like get all of that shit out of the way. Um, so, you know, I like got my eyes checked and, um, I, I went to the dentist and I actually enjoy going to the dentist. I know a lot of people hate the dentist, but I really like it for some reason. And, um, you know, I was just doing all of that, like back office work for myself. Um, are, while we are have you saying it took me having a kid for you to have normal hygiene and make sure that you're healthy. <laughs> no, I, I what have you been doing these years? I managed to get these appointments in a lot, but I saw it as like an opportunity of okay, here's like definitely you know some time that we're gonna not you know be uh, going as hard in the band because you have some time off. So I don't know. I feel like I'm getting a lot of stuff done, and then that on top of planning a wedding, and then just everything else that we do in the band, it fills up the day pretty quickly. So. Um, you know, I'm just excited for, I'm excited. I feel like I'm starting to get stir crazy. I'm excited to like, kind of like get back on the road and play shows and kind of see what that's going to be like this year, because we have a very busy year coming up. Um, 
that we're very excited about. So yeah, it was nice to kind of relax, but still get things done. It was a very balanced weekend, I guess you would say. But the highlight being bacon wrapped jalapenos dipped in, what was it? What kind of sauce? Raspberry, Raspberry jam. Who boy. Anyway, that was my weekend. How was your weekend, Steve? Nice. Uh, funny you mentioned the dentist because I also went to the dentist uh, yes. last week. Was and, his name uh, dentist? No, it was. Uh, so if if you don't know, I'm a big fan of Jurassic Park, and uh, I got to go to Doctor Wu over here in Palo Alto. So it was uh, oh. a diff- different guy, but the the name was it made me chuckle. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was good. Thirty six years, I've never had a cavity, and uh, he. Uh, he was like, yeah, you could probably stand to floss a little bit more. And you got this problem area, like right down at the bottom of your teeth, the uh, lower front of your bottom row of teeth. And, um, and I was like, oh yeah, I had a fixed retainer in there. He's like, oh, when that fall out? I'm like two years ago, two and a half years ago, three years ago. He's like, when's the last time you went to a dentist for a cleaning? I'm like three and a half years ago. <laughs> so it was like, there was still like little bits of like the cement that they put that stuff on there with and stuff. Cause if, I think my retainer fell out when we were on tour or some shit and uh, I just didn't do anything about it, but um, teeth are fine. They're all in working order. The x-rays look good. Don't have to have any crowns or root canals or no cavities and stuff. So my, uh, I'm very happy that my dental hygiene has been, you know, good for the last little bit and hopefully i'll have these teeth uh, until i don't need them anymore we're all so. <laughs> we're, all do with them them? we're all really glad about that uh yeah and uh yeah the rest of the weekend was good just been uh i've been rehearsing up a fucking storm on uh toto stuff and on the rec stuff and um it's been great just getting to make music i'm i got uh some a uh, Lewitt microphone stereo mic that I've got to mic up the piano with. Um, I've got a 1927 crazy. That's 95 year old piano here um, that I absolutely love and got to do some writing on it this weekend and recorded another track for uh, Ted Z and the Wranglers um, for their new record that comes out in a few months. And then, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really, really good. So uh, yeah. Andrew, how was your weekend? It was good. I'm laughing at Char's comment over here if you want to pull it up really quick. It says, from mouth to pooping, a full coverage by the rest. <laughs> 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 so you get you get all of our dental updates, you get all of our uh, <laughs> all of our children's uh, pooping updates. That hey, should be I, the name I was of our pooping book. pretty good this weekend too. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> if you ever want to just hop on a Zoom call or something, I can look you in the eyes and then we can just see, you know, how it is with an adult if you want to. Listen to the groan. No guys, no guys, I'm I'm on the toilet right now. Just so you know, I can keep it muted. You don't <laughs> have to podcast. hear me. You can just see my face. I know, but maybe you I want to see. Just... Maybe I want to hear your like audible grunts. It's all about really the feel like I'm part of you, need a, you need a the heavy size. <laughs> yeah. You need to hear it. <gasps> you know, <laughs> you guys know it. Yeah. Nice. This is fine. It's, a, it's, a, it's an all <laughs> encompassing one. Yeah. <laughs> you asked for it. This is your yeah. Shar says TMI. <laughs> Char, Char's MVP in the comments today. I love it. That's great. Oh, man. She's like, I'm one click away from leaving this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, my you had me at pooping. Um, I uh, I kind of like getting to see a bunch of friends I don't get to see uh, often, and 
on Saturday, uh, my friend was hanging out at a park in Brea, and we just did a bunch of like um, yard games. So I don't. Uh, you guys remember Beer Pole? I heard yeah. at least nineteen different names for it this weekend. But Beer Pole is essentially you have a big PVC pipe that's about the like, like eye level, and you throw it into the ground, and then you put a beer bottle on top of it, and then two people have it on either side. And then with a drink in your hand, you have to try to throw a frisbee and either hit the pole or knock the bottle off. And I haven't played that game probably since eight years ago when we were in the Midwest at uh, Justin's house with uh, Miles Nielsen, which was yeah. a lot of fun. So that was awesome. We played like outdoor volleyball. They had like a volleyball set. Volleyball is super fun because like you don't have to be that good at volleyball to uh, get you know some rallies going. And then uh, in the middle of just some public park, we set up a table and played flip cup. <laughs> which I was nice. convinced we probably would have gotten kicked out, but uh, you know, no one seemed to care. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, just a day of playing games, and then went out to dinner and drinks afterwards with them. So that was cool. And then Sunday, uh, we hung out with some, or I hung out with some J Red people with uh, Wes Dixon, and went to watch the Rams and 49ers game. Nice. Uh, which was awesome, mostly because I was never a football fan growing up, but everyone I knew who was from NorCal had this like weird affinity for the 49ers. And so it was awesome seeing an L.A. team beat the 49ers, and it was a really good game. It was so, a good game. Uh, the Rams were down most of the time. So to see them like come back and win was awesome. And they're going to the Super Bowl, which is also awesome. And I've never really been a sports guy until we started touring – and then I saw how much the rest of the United States cares about their sports. And I, you know, realized, oh, I should get into this a little bit more. So I know that. And it's it was super fun being an adult after, you know, being so into music and not giving a shit about sports for so long to go, oh, this is really enjoyable. And it is really fun to watch once you understand and, you know, like to just go to those things and be in a place where people are really excited about watching the outcomes. No, yeah, it's really good. And it's really funny to watch the people who are super into it. Like, I no no one's gonna listen to this podcast <laughs> from that party. Just say it. There's just this one. It's like uh, there's maybe like three or four people there who played football in high school, and some of them even played like college football. But there's just that like one guy who's the like I wouldn't have done that guy. You know what I mean? Like he knows a lot about football, and like like every time a play happens wrong, he's like, well, why'd you do that? Like I would have, I would have <laughs> run the ball this way. And like, well, why'd you throw it to this guy? And I'm like, fucking idiot. What do you think? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, obviously if the hindsight is 2020 and you might know a lot about football, but you know, they're making the best fucking choices that they possibly can in the moment. They're not trying to fuck up, you know, like, I wouldn't have done that. You know, I, I just hate that I wouldn't have done that guy. Don't be the I wouldn't have done that guy in sports, everyone. Listen, kids. You, you would have. You would have done it worse. And if you would have done better than that, you would have had that fucking job. So, you know, sorry. I'm just going to take a little bit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> sorry. Just, just don't be the This is a commentary everybody needs to hear, honestly. Yeah. Maybe Why didn't you hit a home run? Did you just <laughs> Why don't you hit a run, you idiot? We need to get Andrew to do commentary on the crowd at sporting games. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Look at this fucking guy. 
Yeah, I, I could do I could do a type five on people. <laughs> There's the people who are like way oh, too fun. antsy about everything the whole time. Oh, I don't know what's gonna happen. I just is gonna just, <laughs> oh, 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 and then we're like, you know, into it or not. And yeah, it's just there. Yeah, there's, and my point is that there was like three or four people who played football. Uh, the I wouldn't have done that guy is the only one talking like that the whole time, and needs to like be the loudest person who leads the conversation. Like no one gives a shit. Uh, in other news. <laughs> I, I have to introduce you guys to a new member of my family. Yeah. What? I don't know what that means. Oh. 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 Yeah, this guy. I did it, guys. I bought a V drum set to practice on at home. I've gone yeah. through having, I think, three digital drum sets. And I always go through the motions of selling them, having them, selling them, having them, selling them because I don't own the space anymore or just something doesn't work out. And now that I'm in a situation where we got this new extra room, um, Amanda has graciously let me get this thing that I need to cram into the wall every time she needs to use this room. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I like just having something to practice on that's not loud and yeah. just having it there so you can just pop in and work on stuff. Uh, I had, uh, Chris is asking what I've uh, had in the past. I had something in the Yamaha DTX series that was all rubber pads, uh, and that was pretty cool. I, I the most the thing I like the most like they're all relatively the same to me. Um, and then there's two important things I think. One is having multiple zones and a ride symbol so you can play a bell pattern. That is like huge yeah. and was a non-negotiable. Why I bought this kit over another kit. Um, the other thing is. Uh, making sure it has enough stuff to practice to in it. And I think this thing, you could like put an SD card and load it in a bunch more songs. But the thing I loved about that Yamaha kit is there was just like 50 practice tracks in it. And you just throw on whatever thing and just play to something. And I feel like I got better having that kit and just those practice tracks because <clears throat> you can just correct yourself the whole time. <clears throat> you hear when you're um. off. You hear when stuff starts moving or things like that. So it's just a, a a better situation because it's fun. You know, you're like you, you don't think about it like I'm practicing this thing or just playing to a click in in the ether. You're like, oh, this is fun. And the other thing about this one I think is badass is that it has a Bluetooth thing, so you can just put on a song on your phone or something like that. Oh, and be nice. Playing stuff on your phone into That's it. Very convenient. Yeah. Which the other ones you had to get a fucking aux cable and then run the aux cable into something and then. Oh, and God, aux cables. The other reason I got this is because we're trying to do more writing and we do less getting together <clears throat> all in the same room. But what I could do with this thing, and I, I was doing a little bit before, it was just inconvenient, is I could just plug this into my computer and then demo something out with some samples. And mm -hmm. then we can, you know, because even this last recording session, I was changing parts on the fly. And so if I could have heard what I thought was the right thing to play then I wouldn't have to change parts on the fly then. So, uh, nice. and, uh, someone graciously from Roland gave one of my buddies a discount that I'm going to remain nameless and all this. So I got this one, uh, relatively cheaper than it actually is. So thank nice. you, Roland, even though I'm not allowed to say I got this from Roland. <laughs> uh, but thank you. And nice. it's a great kit and I'm excited about it already. I'm, you know, and Amanda's excited when it goes into the closet when I go back on tour and she can just have this room to herself again. But yeah, uh, you know what goes great with new drum sets? What is that? Drinking. 
Everything. Music. Everything. Listening to music. <laughs> Pineapple on um, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a comment. I'm thinking about jalapenos with fruity dipping sauce. Spoilers, it was music. It was always going to be music. It was never going to be anything else. Um, today is the first day of February. It's February 1st. You know what that means? That means it's Mike Mother Flippin' Campbell's birthday today. Nice. Campbell is famously known nice. as the guitar player for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh, if you've ever talked to me about soloing, lead guitar, riffs, anything like that, Mike Campbell is 100% going to be in that conversation at some point. Uh, he's a huge influence on me. I got to see Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Um, when they were touring in support of the album that today's song is from with ZZ Top at uh, Irvine Meadows or Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, whatever it was at the time. I can't remember. Whatever um, era that you was, were in. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It was great. I was, uh, you know, uh, in high school at the time and uh, just kind of getting into playing guitar and soloing and things like that. And um you know, st- stays in the forefront of my mind as a hugely formative experience. And I don't think we've done any Tom Petty on the podcast yet. Um, so I figure, why not? It's Mike Campbell's birthday. He's one of my favorites. He obviously has a huge influence on our sound and my sound and the way we do things. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little song off of the album called Mojo by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. It was released in 2010. And this song is called I Should Have Known It, featuring prominently the ripping guitar skills of Mr. Mike Campbell. So we want to wish our hero, Mike, a very happy birthday today and enjoy this wonderful rockin' tune on this wonderful Thursday. Hope you guys enjoy. Yeah. 
You know, you know who I'd love to hear Ooh, do a cover of that song. What's up? I would love to hear Rival Sons do a cover of that song. Mm, like, uh, be that's that's such a dope song, and I feel like it's like right yeah. right in their vein. I I never heard that song before. It's cool. Yeah, it's really good. That yeah, I don't think I've heard that one either. That's actually probably dare I say my favorite Tom Petty record. Um, nice, even though it's like much later in his career, but it's just like they came out with that. I think after a really long break from releasing many albums um, and uh, I was just getting into rock music at the time and um, yeah, just like was it's, it's one of those records that or, or CDs rather. I remember listening to just constantly at that time and uh, just uh, just so many good tones and solos and riffs and all that sort of stuff. Just a great rock record and, and very guitar, you know, guitar riff heavy, even for Tom Petty. Um, kind of across the board, just lots of cool licks and things like that. Yeah. And you get that, that super, I feel like Tom Petty is also known for like that super simplistic drum grooves. Like that groove just has that Steve kick mm-hmm. dude and he's yeah. killing it. Steve and he's, he's so awesome because he can do stuff like that. And then he played on like all of those first Shaka Khan albums mm-hmm. that I'm obsessed with. Freddie and King too. Played with Freddie King. And he's going out on the new John Mayer tour that they just. Yeah. I saw that today. Yeah. Yeah, He's going to be John Mayer's drummer. Yeah. So, I mean, somebody like that is, I I just got to take my hat off to that guy. Cause it's like, I mean, how many different hats can he wear as a, as a drummer? And again, even like a song like that, that's obviously very heavy guitar driven. Like you definitely hear the drums and you go, Oh, like whoever that is, is like a bad motherfucker. Monster. And, yeah. And he's only yeah. playing just like one yeah. and backbeat and it's not just super like crushing it. And then he does those little Tom fills yeah. where he's <laughs> getting some of those <laughs> licks and stuff. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so rad. Killing the caveman. Fills. So cool. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say that too. Like what I noticed in that, and it's sort of like Tom Petty's thing. It's like the, what, how, how do you do that? It's like, this really simple thing done incredibly well to a level that like mm. it seems simple, mm-hmm. but you have the best musicians in the world playing something yep. simple and it comes out amazing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I thought it was great. And I noticed that mm. like drum groove right away. And I was, you could tell it's Steve Ferrone too. I was like, it just has yeah. that like driving thing or Stan Lynch is like right on the back of everything. And like a little, I don't want to say busier. Stan Lynch is also pretty simplistic too. Like they were, you know, Stan Lynch is like a Ringo guy. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, you could tell, and it's got that sort of like newer drum tone to it mm-hmm. where everything's mm-hmm. a little tighter and a little like, uh, not as, uh, like splatty, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's not like as thick and it just feels great. And like, uh, yeah, a ton of stuff he's doing on there is awesome. Yeah. And it makes the guitars like clear, and sing and yeah. like it, you know just it takes it to the next level well and then you you hear mike switching between the slide and that middle section and then just ripping like just there's nothing like absurdly like mind-bogglingly shreddy about it but it's just like it's just like he's always serving the song that's what i love about his playing like it's always like just a master of like that sort of thing well cool uh, and then because we have Robert back today, let's continue on with our uh, commentary tracks for this newest album, Shine the Light on Me, Brother. Steve, this is where you cut in or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Cool. So the second track on the record is Every Day, correct? Yep. Yes. I can remember these things correctly. Um, let's listen to it. And then, so we're going to listen to it, or Robert was here, but just to reiterate, we're going to listen to it, listen to it down, and then we're going to talk about it afterwards. Cool. Sweet.
Cool. Uh, oh yeah. For this yeah. song, I believe I brought in the idea, and then I fleshed a lot of it out with me and Steve. Yeah. And my songwriting is a little more rigid than other people's, where I sort of had the idea, the melody, and I try to fit more words into it as it's going. So I remember Steve saying things like, uh, "Oh, it's like a poem or something like that," because I think Steve's a little freer with his writing than I am. So as we we're trying to fit phrases or things into this, he's like, well, why can't we use this word? And I'm like, because it doesn't have the same, like, we do what we do to get by, we do what we do to get high, have to be the same thing in yeah. these pieces for it to, like, repeat in the same sort of words. So he was sort of pitching, not bad ideas, but just I'm so rigid in my head, but these things have to be this way or else the whole song doesn't work or something like that. So, uh, and, um, and Andrew, you're, you're really good at, like you, you know, the direction of how you want, like any, any song that, that we've worked on and kind of fleshed out you and me, like, you know, where you want it to go. It's just about like figuring out what words to put in that puzzle to make <coughs> it tell the story that lines up with your idea of the trajectory of the song, which is like, su that's super fun for me. So I just get to pitch stuff and it's like, no, not that one. What else we got? No, not that one. What else we got? And then we'll yeah, piggyback I, yeah. off of each other. You know, like, what if we just said this? You know, like, I, I know you, you said that a few times. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. And sometimes that so really fun, helps yeah. me. I'm I'm more of, like, say, a perfectionist. So when I'm pitching ideas in my head, I can go on forever saying no to everything. And because it's Steve yeah. pitching, we could sort of go back and forth and then get to something that's, like, done, which is really cool. But this yeah. song, yeah, it's very simple. You know, it's basically and We knocked about, it out in, like, one one session pretty much like yeah i don't think it took more than 30 minutes or something like yeah. that after the initial idea and uh this song is basically about like having parties at our friend robbie's uh place in san juan capistrano he made the video exactly what it was about basically so <laughs> you know so yeah, nailed that one yeah <laughs> yeah uh uh yeah, the first thing for me is like drums and the groove and stuff like that that I want to talk about. So this is my play on the funky drummer, and I'm really bad at it. So, <laughs> And I think we took the first take of this because it had really good energy, if I remember correctly. We didn't do too many takes of this, and I think we took the first one because it felt the most whatever. I'm not, I'm not sure. That's just what I remember in my head. I could just totally be lying. But um, we went back, and because I didn't like how the groove was sitting, I'm like, we have to make this feel tighter with the percussion. So the last thing we did on this record was percussion with Jeff Frickman. And I remember going in and uh, hearing something from Warren Hewitt one time that uh, uh, in the old Motown days, they used to take um, like chunks of wood, like two-by-fours, and slap them together for... Uh, for hand claps instead of real hand claps because they sounded better than real hand claps. And so uh, we did tambourine. We did those like congas in that middle sort of section. And uh, I, I definitely took like two cutting boards that he had from his kitchen. and <laughs> <laughs> was slapping these two cutting boards together for the clap sounds <laughs> on this record. So that's like a, a pretty cool uh, take for that. That's awesome. Um, uh, I think the bass is like pretty involved in this song. War, what were you thinking about uh, coming up with stuff for this? Uh, this for me was like I was thinking um, "Feeling All Right" by Joe Cocker, and just kind of like sticking to that. It's got that like one four kind of groove, and kind of like this song was like a funkier 
song. It's kind of like a high time kind of like a, yeah, like a funky jam for us, which is nice. So I was kind of thinking like, kind of just sit in the pocket um, and like, and yeah, in my head, I'm kind of like thinking like the feeling all right, kind of uh, idea, whatever uh, they were doing on that album. Um, and then knowing that like, once we got to the solo sections, like I think we all knew that as soon as this was played live, this is one of those songs that could be like a 12 minute song based off like how the jams go. Because there's, when we do it live, we do a keyboard solo and we do multiple guitar solos. So um, pretty much the album for me was just locking with Andrew, um, playing super simple. And then knowing like live, you know, I can like expand and do things like, um, you know, it's just two chords the whole, the whole entire time for most of the, uh, the the solo sections there and there's some cool things that you can do on the bass like if you play a third instead of the root note it gives it um a completely different sound to the chords that we're doing and i've been incorporating that in the live version um right at the end of henry's solos and it kind of feels like it uplifts it so again the recording of this was like nice and steady groove oriented and then the live version was like kind of not like the opposite i definitely keep it like uh, groovy and stuff like that, but um, there's definitely a lot of room to improvise over this song, and I think it's a found its way into our set, our live set. That kind of um, I don't know. I think it just uplifts everything. It's a great song like that, and yeah, I remember we had practiced this in the studio or uh, before we got in the studio a lot. We put a lot of effort into figuring out what the BPM should be, and even if we're bumping it up, like one or two bpm which doesn't seem like a lot like on a track like this if you're one or two bpm the either way the whole track kind of loses its vibe um and i think we definitely figured that out um and like ran that pretty meticulously and i think that's why we were able to record it quickly um when we did it at jeff's um because this song is still tricky we still like want to make sure that this song has that feeling um, and again, even though it's only a couple chords, um, the feel to this song was the was the pertinent information of like getting it across to people. So, yeah, uh, very rhythmic, very solid. And yeah, I love the way it came out. And then obviously, I mean, and then we started layering stuff like Andrew saying the claps, um, the backing singers at the end doing their um, back and forth uh, vocal sort of things. Just awesome. And yeah, the song just exploded into an amazing, amazing piece. Um, I think uh, a lot of other people noticed the piano in this, too. Everyone's, like, pretty busy in this song. Not in a bad way. I don't think it uh, takes yeah. away from anything, but there, there's a lot of playing going on. So we got a couple comments about the piano and what's going on there. Yeah, the uh, this was my Nord again. Um, just my my go-to live setting, which is which is fun that I get to do that on the road as well but the exact same sound that you hear on the record um but yeah i was i was going for like it's kind of like a third way split between like at least for the piano between like the jerry lee lewis stuff and uh like billy powell like you know skinnard style and then during henry solos i was really just channeling like greg allman like just allman brothers like keep a, a rhythmic part that's just gonna sit back there and then inverted up every you know four to eight bars and stuff and and um that was that was really fun man it was it was cool to track it i think i did a couple takes of the solo um in the studio and stuff because that those are always 
largely improv for me once the other elements get in because uh, I want to be able to have something exciting but have be able to work off of like more than just the basic tracking um and then the organ was uh again th for the whole record tracked at uh dallas cruz's zion studio in santa Ana, and uh and that was fun and the organ stuff was just like i did i think two passes i did a dumb take and a and a uh like a little more flashy take on everything and then comp between the two uh depending on what was happening with with solos and stuff so that i had enough bases covered but you know it, it was definitely added after the fact um and then yeah the the uh backing singers just a little quick tidbit like there's a lot of ad-libs on this song especially during like the the middle solo section and stuff and um yeah Juanita Tippins, Mahalia Barnes, Prinny Stevens that sang on this record um for both Last Light on the Highway and this one um on this song specifically I was like hey could you just give me like some ad-lib takes you know, they're like, we'll fly in or mute out or whatever, but just to have them, if like, we want to go that, that direction with it. And they, I think they gave us a full take of ad libs each for that section. So it was really fun. Uh, Andrew and Jeff got to just kind of fly them around and construct, you know, finish, finish the puzzle that way with, with them. And, uh, everything that they add to these recordings is just absolutely magical. And it's takes very yeah. little direction from our end. They're just, you know, super pro and intuitive and we love working with them. Um, just as we're talking about background vocals already, a, a huge influence on me for this song and that portion in the middle is like the Jackson five and having those seventies breakdowns. I fucking yeah. love that shit. Like, like so much. And so, I feel like this is, we've tried to do stuff like that in the past and it didn't really come across in the way I wanted it to. And this one just like with all the congas and all the shit that's going on, just like really feels mm -hmm. like that Jackson five sort of seventies thing with all the vocals and all the ad libs and all the people just shouting and stuff like that. That always like was such a cool thing to me that like, it just feels like you're at a bar or like at a live show with all this shit happening. And it's not so like, this is a pop song and here's the lyrics and like, here's the background vocals. It's like, no, this is like a fucking party that you're at. And you know, mm -hmm. so yeah, uh, really like being able to do that. Well, was cool. And uh, I think the guitar shit was really cool in this too. I think this is one of, uh, I always like when Henry does lyrical solos, like obviously Henry can tread like uh, nobody's business, but he does really well at like sort of lyrical solos too, where, this is way more in say like the grateful dead or like, uh, you know, just major lyrical solo world. And, uh, like along with the parts and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. How did you feel about this solo and how do you like doing like major solos and lyrical stuff versus shreddy stuff? Um, I remember having to dumb this down, which is never a problem. Um, I have heard, uh, a few guitar players, um, that I listened to, talk about recording on like podcasts. Um, one of them is like Eric Krasno, um, who actually, interestingly enough, was an influence in my approach to this. Um, him and, uh, and like Derek trucks. Um, there's, there's definitely a nod to BB King as well. Um, mm -hmm. as far as my thought process on it. Um, but, but one thing that he said that really resonated with me was on a recording, I've never, uh, I, I what he said basically was I never thought like, Oh, I should have played more. I've never listened back to recording of myself and been like, oh, I should have played more notes there. 
And um, that was kind of the idea for this one. Obviously, live, it's a completely different animal um, because the I feel like the dynamic range of the song is so much wider uh, live than it was on the recording. Um, so I really had to rein it in. And it was just, uh, you know, um, again, uh, didn't make sense, really. Um, I had to kind of tone down a few of the things, but I still got to sneak in some some fun stuff in there. And yeah, I mean, kind of the... Kind of a Jerry Garcia thing, but but really, uh, you know, Eric Krasno, um, Derek Trucks, BB King was sort of the idea, and uh, I was playing. I I I don't think I did really any overdubs. I think I just had the one guitar track, um, and that was just my. I have a Gibson SG from I think two thousand four. It's a sixty one reissue uh, with humbuckers and a Bigsby, and just the neck pickup. Um, through uh, the amp setup we had going on. I don't know the exact um, setup it was. I know I had it divided by 13. I know I had my Music Man amp. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much it. You know, it, it's it's a storytelling thing, and it, and it definitely didn't make sense to um, do that sort of thing. So Yeah, it was great. Um, and then vocally, I remember with Robert, this one was like relatively straightforward. Like we maybe worked on the vamps a little bit and did some vocal production there, but... This is an easy song to sing. No, uh, for you, I feel like it was in your range. There's nothing too crazy going on with it. The thing I really remember about you singing this song is I, it's one of the first times we played it live, which was like right smack dab in the middle of COVID. And we were running these outdoor shows at Hangar 24. And we had one of our friends, her name's Adrian, uh, sing backgrounds for us at that show. And uh, she has since like moved to dallas texas and become a professional singer for SeaWorld. so it's always a bummer when i think about this and talk <laughs> about this but uh god you guys went back and forth at the end of that thing and i feel like just having someone else there to like bounce ideas off of and you guys going back and forth was like one of the most magical moments of us playing this song uh how did you feel about how do you feel about the song how do you feel about like that night because that was fucking yeah cool, i mean my opinion. That, that's what i was gonna say i mean it, it's it when it came in as a pretty straightforward song, which is, which was great, you know, and then <clears throat> it just kind of, you know, you have, you have to do what you need to do to make the song into what it is. But I feel like this song in particular came, there, there's so much that was unpacked after the recording of it. Um, e even just us recording and then adding those background vocals just created even more of a, the stretch. And then I feel like this song live, you know, it stretched even more and it created even more of an impact and how we play it and how we, and how we present it. Um, and especially that, that time that we, that we got to play it with, with Adrian, um, you know, ha having someone, you know, killing the other side of that vocal, you know, challenging you, not in a, not in a bad way, but you, you're hearing someone else do another line that you have to like, then go in and, and you either have to hit it the same, or you have to do a little bit more. You know, so it's mm -hmm. that challenge that, that you know, if, if they do something, you're not going to go in there and be like, oh, is that what to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so that, and that was really awesome. I, I remember that. I, I don't remember that show for very much other than this song. Like that, this song for that show was, was what I remember out of that whole show. Um, but even, even to this day, like with all the, like with the touring that we've done on this song, it's kind of created itself more. Um, if you just listen to the track, you're like, cool, that's a that's a great song and I want to hear it live to and then you hear it live and it the, the party comes in, you know, like the mm -hmm. the it just happens naturally. 
um, just because of how we play it live. And I think it, this song was able to be stretched so far after the recording. Like some 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 songs that we record are just they're great songs. We play them live with a little bit more energy, and they're great. Um, but this one we were able to stretch so much and I think we're still stretching it when it comes to certain things um, that just makes it so magical. And especially like the video that we, that we made for it um, just brought on just even just, it was a video, you know, and you record videos, you don't really, you play live, but you, you know, it, it's the track, but even recording the video, I felt like we were stretching then and we were just playing to the track. Um which, uh, by the way, this video is, is still one of my favorite videos because it's, it's literally what we love to do. And it's literally mm-hmm. all of our friends in one location. And um, uh, the brewer over at, at Docent, his, his daughter was on the keys and she makes, she makes that video into what it is. And uh, she, was just, she was just doing that. And yeah. then I was like, I walked over with my cell phone and just got some footage of it. And then we gave her a GoPro. Like she's <laughs> none of that was scripted. I loved it. It was fun. Yeah, but then and then, and awesome. then one thing I remember is is me and Andrew in the room for for this song, you know, at the very end doing the ad libs and trying out different things and you know go going up and down, up and down, and then down and up, down and up. You know, just just things that you wouldn't normally like think to do. But then when when you know someone's there, like Andrew's there, like hey, try this, and you're like, oh, that's rad. Like like you almost like like hit yourself in the back. You're like, why didn't I think of that? But like that's awesome. You know, and that happens all the time with how we record our vocals and how we do our things. You know, it, it takes this whole team to to create what we're trying to to create, which I think is um, why we're in a band called Robert John on the Wreck. And we release the music we release is because, you know, I, I'm not in there by myself doing this. You know, it, it everyone's has the ideas. Everyone's throwing out um, options and, and we're, we're all listening and we're all we're all working together, which this song, A, has that that mentality of it where you know if 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 andrew warren or or steve or i drop that rhythm beat there's no room for henry to 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 then hit that hit that solo in that peak you know we all have to get create that foundation together and, and this song in particular is just one of those songs that that just you know it, it's 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 challenging enough to where you have to think it's not like a a no-brainer where you can just be like yeah yeah whatever every day cool let's play it you know, mm-hmm. you have to you have to think about it because that that groove has to be there in order to make the song what it is. And I think it uh, it's it's I love it. Yeah, this has been one of the most difficult songs for us to play because it takes like a lot of endurance and there's a lot of notes going on. So to get it to groove correctly, probably took this whole last tours that we were on. But I feel like we've done a really good job of like locking it in now and trying to like just keep that groove steady. And it was really challenging yeah. us in a good way. Where you know. To when we get into that, you know, 10 minute mark or whatever of this song when we're going like and you're going for that amount of time and you're trying to put out that (laughs) amount of those amount of notes and energy like it's an endurance trial. And uh, this is like a weird sleeper song in our set where it's not like super rock and roll. And so people don't right away respond to it. And they might like start dancing a little bit, but then you see like everyone start to come Mm -hmm. in. And then by the end of it, it's it's sort of like a cold night or something where like it blows people's minds out of their assholes when it's like, oh my God, I didn't know when we started this thing that it was going to be so crazy on the end of this and so high energy. So like we get to, which is crazy because it's, it's like it, there's no, it never slows down either. Like there's never a break in the song, you know, there, there's the other than like the claps and stuff, but clap section. 
But the the entire thing's just trucking forward the entire time and then still gets pretty crazy <coughs> at the end. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it's it. one of those songs too. The more that we play it live, uh, it's going to shape it. It'll keep kind of turning into something. It evolves. Different. Yeah. So it's definitely a fun track to have as a part of our set. All right. Well, what do we got coming up, everyone? We are playing the Blues Cruise, uh, the February twenty first through the twenty fifth. That is Joe Bonamassa's "Keeping the Blues Alive at Sea," number six. From Miami to Jamaica, we have lots of cool things planned for that. Um, some seven. special, some number special seven. <laughs> number seven. What did I say? Number six. Anyway, we were on number six though. That was the one to. We're uh, on number six. Bahamas. Warren's still working on his Roman numerals. It's okay. I know. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I only have to count to four. So after I get to seven, Bruce. Just, we're not a prog rock band. Seven's not in yeah. our vocabulary. Six eight's not a real thing. <laughs> But yeah, we're ex- we're excited to be back on the boat. Um, we have a lot of fun things that we are going to announce later uh, in the next couple weeks. Um, and then our next local show is going to be at Patty's Station in San Juan Capistrano. That is Boom. March 18th, the day Boom. after St. Patrick's Day. So if you want to continue your St. Patrick's Day, come and uh, have a good time with us at Patty's Station. Um, or if St. Patrick's Day falls on a Thursday this year and, you know, maybe you got work in the morning, you want to go out, but, you know, you're just like, ah, maybe Friday would be a better day for me. There you go. We're there <laughs> for you at Patty Station. We'll have we'll have Jameson. I'll have one Jameson shot with one person that night. There you go. Um, and then we have another a special announcement coming in March that uh, we have not released yet. Uh then we get into April. Uh, we are going to be at Cal Coast Brewery in Paso Robles, California. This is a new venue and relatively new area for us. So if you know anybody in the Central Coast, Paso Robles area, let them know we're going to be there in the beginning of April. Um, and then at the end of April, before we head back to Europe, we are going to be playing at the Wayfair April 16th with our good buddies Kilo Bravo and Great North Special. Um, this is slated to be our last gig before we leave for our 66 date European tour where we hit a plethora of countries, the UK, France, the Netherlands, uh, uh, Germany, Belgium, Spain. We're getting back to Spain. We're going to Denmark for the first time. We are doing uh, Switzerland. Um, we're going back to Austria. So all of that information that I just said very quickly can be found at our website, www.robertjohninthereck.com. There's ticket information. There's more venue information, all that sort of stuff. And if you click around, you might even find something cool that you might want to buy, like a shirt or a CD. So um, check out our website. Stay in tune. Stay in touch. We have lots of things going on, and we have lots of more announcements that we are working (laughs) on behind the scenes. So that's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Click all the links yeah. in the description below if you're listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts after the fact. And uh be good to each other out there, everybody, and get wrecked. <laughs>